Hi, everybody, and welcome to the brand new Locked On Nittany Lines podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, and I'm truly excited to be joining the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. We're going to be talking all about Penn State football, skip around with some looks around the Big Ten, and more right here every day, Monday through Friday. We'll try to get these episodes up in the morning, but if not, check them in the afternoon. I'm a contributor to Athlon Sports and NBCSports.com's College Football Talk. I've covered Penn State football in the past and can continue to provide my insight and thoughts on the Nittany Lions with weekly previews for Athlon Sports and in-game coverage for select games on College Football Talk. And now I get to deliver that conversation with you on a daily basis right here. You can listen to this podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more of your favorite podcast apps. So please be sure to subscribe to the show. Let me know your thoughts. And if you feel like you want to support the show, go ahead and leave a rating and review. The feedback's always appreciated. It will help the show grow with placement moving forward as we hope to build a fun community right here for you. And I want you to be a part of the fun. So make sure you also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. And you can also follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. In today's first episode of the relaunch, we're going to take a look back on Friday night's Big Ten opening win against Maryland. What did we learn about the team from that game? And where are we going next? In our second segment, we're going to take a look around the rest of the Big Ten, see how things went around the conference, especially for some of the upcoming Penn State opponents. And in our final segment, we're going to answer a couple of your questions in our Monday mailbag segment. So make sure you're following on Twitter, submit your questions, and we can answer them right here on the show. All right, I'm ready to get started, but before we do that, let me tell you about Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Penn State opened up Big Ten play Friday night with a laugher in Maryland. Uh, 59-0 victory against the Maryland Terrapins. It was just another dominant performance for Penn State against that team below the Mason-Dixon line. And we continue to see that these two programs are just on completely different levels. And, of course, historically that has been the case. But after the first two games of the season, you saw some flashes from what Maryland could potentially do. And they were already being hyped, and myself included, as a team that could potentially give a team like Penn State or Michigan, maybe even Ohio State, a little bit of a scare at some point in the season. But of course, Maryland fell back to earth a little bit against Temple a couple weeks ago. I thought the bye week was going to help them kind of regroup a little bit and get some of that offensive mojo back and running. And I thought maybe Maryland could jump on Penn State a little bit early because Penn State has had some slow starts to start the season. And the first half against Buffalo, the first half against Pitt in their last couple of games, we saw Penn State going to halftime uh, really struggling offensively. And I thought that that would potentially be the case once again. But as we saw very early in the game, the Penn State defense rose to the occasion Jan Johnson picking off a pass on that first drive by Josh Jackson, getting a nice return and tacking on a Maryland penalty. It sets up Penn State with a first and goal right at the start of the game. And of course, on the first snap, Sean Clifford takes it himself. 7-0 Penn State very early in the game. Maryland comes back out, goes three and out. Penn State has to go uh, back on the field with their offense, and they're already putting pressure on that. Journey Brown uh, gets a couple runs but before Sean Clifford completes the 58-yard pass to K.J. Hamler, who... I swear has to be handing out cards for orthopedic surgeons because he broke so many ankles and he will continue to break so many ankles as the season goes on. And then all of a sudden you saw Penn State had a 14-0 lead as because of their defense with a turnover and a three and out. Uh, you saw the offensive playmakers rise to the occasion. Sean Clifford you know, obviously doing his thing with uh, running the ball as well as finding K.J. Hamler. And of course, when K.J. Hamler has the ball in his hands, 
good things can potentially happen, and they often do, and they often will. Uh, that 58-yard run was quite amazing, and just another highlight that he's going to provide as the season goes along. And then, like I said, 14-0, first quarter. Uh, all of a sudden, the Maryland fans are silenced. Uh, the energy evaporated very quickly. Now, there were a lot of Penn State fans there, so as James Franklin said after the game that he appreciated that support. And I think anytime you get a game at Maryland or a game at Rutgers, uh, you're going to have a lot of Penn State fans there. So and we know Penn State fans do travel well, but when they don't have to travel all that far either, and they're in stadiums where they can easily get some tickets, you're going to be able to change that home field advantage rather quickly. And that is especially true with this defense playing the way that it is and the offense finally getting off to a, a fast start. And that's what you wanted to see out of Penn State, I think. You know, having the bye week to kind of get a couple things ironed out offensively. Remember, you know, anytime you've got a new starting quarterback, a new young starting quarterback, it doesn't always go very smoothly at the beginning. But I think what we saw from Sean Clifford was certainly very encouraging. Yes, it was only Maryland. I understand that. We have to throw that out there as a disclaimer. But you know what? You like to see your top players and your top starters perform well against teams like that. So that was very encouraging. Sean Clifford goes 26 for 31. 398 yards, three touchdowns. Did have one interception, but we got to give credit to Cross on Maryland for making that pass or making that interception. Very good play. Got uh, got tip your hat sometimes. Uh, a stat from BTN Stats guys on Twitter. Great follow. Make sure you follow him. Uh, Sean Clifford finishes the night with 398 passing yards, the most in a Big Ten road game in Penn State history. Remember, Penn State joined the Big Ten 1993, and we've seen some big quarterbacks come through here: Kerry Collins, Michael Robinson. Zach Mills, and of course, Matt McGloin, Christian Hackerberg, and Trace McSorley. Uh, that number trails only Christian Hackerberg, 454 versus UCF in 2014, and Zach Mills, 399 yards versus Iowa in 2002. In any game in Penn State history, that's not all that surprising considering the history of Penn State football. This is a, a program that uh, has taken a while to really adapt to the passing game. And of course, the, the trend in college football these days is leaning more towards the passing game. So I don't think that's necessarily a surprising stat, uh, but I do think that it is going to be something that uh, has a much better chance of falling sooner rather than later uh, because that's just the way the game is going. But it is, uh, it's always fascinating to see these stats come up like that. And here's another stat I threw out there. Now, Penn State has outscored Maryland 242-17 to in their last four visits to College Park, Maryland. Of course, this does date back to before Big Ten play in 1991 when they won 47-7. to uh, The first year in Big Ten play, they were down there. They won 70-7. to uh, A couple years ago, they made the return trip there, a long-awaited trip to College Park. 66-3 to was the final score. And then, of course, Friday night, you got the 59-0 victory. So Penn State and Maryland certainly have historically been on much different playing fields, and that continues to be the case. And now we see that the gap is still pretty wide uh, between these two programs. It doesn't mean that it'll stay like that forever. I still want to believe that Maryland's going to have some positive days to come, but it is certainly rough sledding right now for Michael Oxley. But for Penn State, uh, good things going on for for this program and that, that continues to be impressive and of course let me go back to that defense one more stat this one from richard scarcella uh he's writing his column he said the lions have eliminated opponents to 30 points only wisconsin has allowed fewer points in fbs uh wisconsin has allowed 29 points and wisconsin's defense has been pretty ridiculous we'll talk about them in a little bit uh this is the first penn state team since 1996 and just the fifth since world war ii to hold opponents to 13 points or fewer in its first four games 
Say what you will about the level of competition, but the defense has been getting the job done. And that's a big reason why Penn State remains one of the 18 undefeated teams left standing in college football. All right, coming up in our next segment, we'll skip around the rest of the Big Ten and see what went down this weekend in college football, as well as some of the games outside the conference, because a lot of the chalk held, but there were some interesting developments to take note of. And in our final segment of the episode, we will take a look at some of your questions that were submitted on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. You're listening to the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, number one local sports daily podcast network. Subscribe on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, all of your favorite podcast apps and platforms. Make sure you leave your feedback with a rating and a review. All right, let's take a look around of the rest of the Big Ten and see what went down. I guess we might as well start with the big game that was on national TV that had a similar theme to what we saw with the Penn State-Maryland game, and that is number 5 Ohio State going to Nebraska. Gallage game day was in town. This is a big opportunity for Nebraska and Scott Frost to really show what Nebraska is all about moving forward. A lot of energy around this program. A lot of expectations that Nebraska was going to be a team that could potentially play for the Big Ten Championship. But if they're going to do that, they're going to have a lot of work to do. Because as we saw with Penn State and Maryland, Ohio State and Nebraska are just on completely different playing fields right now. Of course, Ohio State has been the class of the Big Ten as far as talent and uh, their roster and the coaching has been concerned for a good number of years now. And even though there's a new head coach, there's a new starting quarterback, uh, those athletes can flat out play. And let's hand it to Ohio State. They took care of business very similarly to how Penn State handled Maryland. Uh, they got the early turnovers. The defense set the tone. The offense had the playmakers ready to make the things happen, and uh, they made them happen quite often. Ohio State jumped out to a 48-0 lead going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Nebraska did get a touchdown somewhere in that third quarter to kind of uh, have a moment of pride, if you will, because they didn't quit. Uh, they were just completely outmanned by Ohio State, and that was sort of to be expected. It was a wide point spread going into the game. Ohio State had, continues to just pound their opponents with so much talent. There's just such a disparity between the recruiting rankings of these two teams. And Nebraska has recruited top 25 classes. They've been fringe top 25 classes. But when Ohio State has top five, top two, top three classes uh, as regularly as they have under Urban Meyer, and I suspect may still continue to have under Ryan Day, that talent disparity is huge. You see that with uh, programs around the country. Teams like Clemson and Alabama, they get these top classes, and there is such a big separation between what they can do and the rest of the teams in their conference can do. And we've seen that with Ohio State over the years. We saw that on full display once again with Ohio State just dismantling Nebraska from start to finish. Nebraska falls to 1-1 one one in Big Ten play. Uh, Ohio State is off to a 2-0 start in Big Ten play. And I still think that Ohio State's going to be the team to beat. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about Ohio State as the season goes on. Penn State doesn't have to worry about them until towards the end of the season. Uh, there could be a lot of things at stake there. But again, we have a lot of football to be played. Justin Fields, another three-touchdown game uh, through the air. J.K. Dobbins, 177 rushing yards. Uh, th those guys right there, just incredible. But, you know, Ohio State's defense was very good once again. Another 40-point victory for the Buckeyes. They just continue to steamroll everybody. Have they been challenged? We'll find out. Uh, in that same Big Ten West division, Wisconsin coming off their big win against Michigan last week, getting a chance to host Northwestern, the team that played for the Big Ten Championship last year. These Wildcats, though, 
even though they are banged up and they're probably going to be going with their third string quarterback now, uh, they came into the, the game against Wisconsin kind of limping. And they left limping as well. They're now 0-2 in Big Ten play. Even though they put together a, a pretty interesting rally in the fourth quarter to cut into that Wisconsin lead, Wisconsin does hang on for a 24-15 victory. I got a question Pat Fitzgerald though. I like Pat Fitzgerald, but his decisions to go for two points in that fourth quarter when they score a couple of touchdowns, very puzzling to me. And I know some people have defended it saying you got to chase the points as much as possible so you know what you have to do later. Uh, here's the thing. If you kick the extra points and let's assume you make those extra points, it's a seven point game in that last possession that Northwestern had. Uh, so they wouldn't have had to chase too many points if they just kicked the extra points. So. I think Pat Fitzgerald overthought that, and I think that's one of his shortcomings. He will do that sometimes, uh, and that really put his team in a bad spot to win. don't think that would have changed the outcome of the game, because I still think Wisconsin was going to win, but I think we saw Wisconsin is all about the running game. Jonathan Taylor is going to get his yards, and he scored the touchdown on the opening drive of the game. He was pretty quiet the rest of the day, and Northwestern does that. Penn State knows this. Uh, Northwestern knows how to kind of you know, limit what your star running back can do. They did it with Saquon Barkley a couple years ago, if you remember. Uh, but those guys, Northwestern's going to be prickly, but they're not a threat this year. They're already 0-2 in conference play. Not going to say they're done, but they're they're not going to be as serious a player. They're going to play with Ohio State in a couple weeks. That's going to be a bloodbath. But Wisconsin is the team to keep an eye on. You know, the defense continues to play well. Offense plays well enough. So uh, we'll see where they go. And I know they've got Ohio State coming up too. So that should be pretty fun. But Wisconsin looks like the best team in the West Division. If it's not them, it might be Iowa. Iowa with another win. Iowa's up to the number 14. We'll see where they are in the updated polls. But 4-0, the 3-0 at home. 48-3 win against Middle Tennessee. Not much of a contest there. It was supposed to be kind of lopsided. Nate Stanley, 276 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Torn Young, 131 rushing yards for the Hawkeyes. So, you know, Iowa is everything you kind of expected them to be. They're just going to be one of the serious players in this conference, and that's a team that Penn State's going to have to play. So uh, keep an eye on Iowa. Uh, Iowa trip, <laughs> an Iowa road trip uh, could be very intimidating for Penn State, but we'll see. Michigan, uh, let's go back into the Big Ten East. Michigan uh, just flat out dominated Rutgers. They needed this win. You know, they, they needed not just the win, but they needed the win the way that it went down. Now, Josh Gaddis, the offense coordinator for Penn State assistant, of course, uh, went down from the coach's box and he coached this game from field level. Whether that actually made a difference, we'll see. I mean, it was only Rutgers, so if Michigan didn't get things rolling against Rutgers, uh, they do have some serious problems. So I'm not going to overreact to what Michigan did, but I do think that there were some positives that they're certainly going to take from this, and we'll see if that confidence boost uh, carries over, and that'll be the big question. Michigan State escaped Indiana. Indiana had a lead in the fourth quarter, and of course, when they have a lead in the fourth quarter against a ranked opponent, they're probably going to blow it, and they did. So uh, Michigan State... Somehow, uh, 2-0 in Big Ten play, uh, hanging on to a top 25 ranking, 40-31 uh, victories for the Spartans. And last but not least, uh, Minnesota continues to survive in advance, if you will, to borrow a basketball term. Uh, Minnesota off to a 4-0 start. They hang on on the road against Purdue, who is now 1-3 overall, 0-1 in Big Ten. 38-31, the final score there. Minnesota, and you know, Minnesota's going to host Penn State later this season. And I said before the year, I feel like that's a game that could potentially be an upset. Uh, we'll see. I, I'm not real thrilled with what I see out of Minnesota, but they're finding ways to win games. Tanner Morgan, 396 passing yards, four touchdowns. Rodney Smith, 115 yards on the ground, a touchdown. Uh, Minnesota could potentially be a problem 
for Penn State down the line, but you know, eventually their luck's going to dry out. So we'll see where Minnesota goes from here. But hey, they're 4-0 right now. They're getting the job done. P.J. Fleck has them rowing their boat. Uh, we'll see how long that carries on. All right, so that's a look around the Big Ten. Of course, nationally, we saw Clemson have a scare against North Carolina. Alabama blowout. You know, the rest of the teams kind of fared pretty well. Oklahoma took care of business. Jalen Hurts continues to look amazing. Uh, but Clemson, I think, at North Carolina was the big storyline coming out of this weekend because... Hey, they almost lost, but they didn't. <laughs> you know, good teams, uh, they've, they've won now 20 straight games, but good teams are going to have close calls, and I think that was a nice little wake-up call for Clemson. Dabba Swinney said afterwards that you know, his team is not entitled to win. They still have to go out and earn wins, and I think that that was a, a good reminder for a team that is as, as successful as Clemson has been. Sometimes you need a little bit of a dose of reality. So if that's what it takes to wake up Clemson by any stretch of the imagination, that could be very dangerous. But Clemson's going to have a nice, easy path back to the ACC title game I still think I don't think there's gonna to be too much standing in the way uh, Clemson's still really good but even the best teams can have some close calls all right coming up in our final segment of the show we are going to answer a couple of your questions that were submitted on Twitter at locked on Nittany you're listening to the locked on Nittany Lions podcast I'm your host Kevin McGuire make sure you're subscribing on iTunes Google Play Stitcher all your favorite podcast platforms on the locked on sports podcast network We're going to close out this episode by getting you guys involved, and we will do this a little bit regularly. I don't know if it'll be every day, but we will do this a couple times throughout the week uh, with our programming, and that is our mailbag feature. We're going to close out this episode with a couple questions from one of our followers on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany. So make sure you follow along. You can submit questions at any time, and stay on the lookout. We'll actually request for your questions for different episodes as we go out throughout the week. And our first question today comes from Steve. He wants to know any thoughts on whether the guy will emerge or already has emerged in the running game. And that's an excellent question because that's one of the things I thought was going to be figured out by now. I thought that a guy like Ricky Slade was going to be the natural successor to Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders. And that, that's the big thing. You know, the last few years, Penn State has had their main running back pretty much figured out. Barkley was a shoe in. Miles Sanders was the natural successor. I thought it was going to be Ricky Slade, but that hasn't exactly panned out. You know, 49 rushing yards so far, a couple of rushing touchdowns, and not a whole lot going on there for him. It's a, either a slow start or just they're kind of figuring out how he's going to step in and be responsible for being one of their main running backs. But, you know, Journey Brown, 196 rushing yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Noah Kane has contributed 103 yards, four rushing touchdowns. He leads the team with rushing touchdowns. And, of course, your quarterbacks have picked up a couple of touchdowns on the ground. You've had Devin Ford get in the act. Uh, you know, Nick Uri, he's had a couple uh, good moments on the ground as well. You have guys on this running back by committee that are capable of getting the job done. And if that's going to be the case for Penn State moving forward, I think it's okay. Uh, I don't necessarily think you have to have a guy that you can rely on for every down. Like Wisconsin has Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, I still think it would be more ideal to have a guy that you know is going to be your main running back. Uh, but I still think that that's a little bit of a, a question mark going forward. Not in a bad way, as it's a serious concern for Penn State, but just it's kind of an open-ended question that's still trying to get an answer uh, definitively. And maybe it's not going to have you there. Maybe this is going to be more of a running back by committee than I expected it to be. Because I think the running back depth on this team is pretty darn good. And if you can make everybody happy and you can win games, 
um, there's no reason to be concerned. I do think it is something to keep an eye on, though, because with so many good running backs on this team uh, and only so many carries to spread around, I would not be surprised if we talk about someone going into that transfer portal at some point. And, you know, now that four games have been played, uh, you never know what to expect because uh, that could be just something to keep an eye on because it is one of the trends that's popping up now. Uh, but yeah, running back by committee, I think it can work for Penn State. I don't necessarily think it's the way I would want to go, but you know that's what it is right now, at least early on. We'll, so we'll see how this carries on as conference play continues. Maybe somebody will emerge as a guy. Maybe it'll be Journey Brown. Maybe Ricky Slade will uh, step up to the, to the occasion. Maybe it'll be Devin Ford. No, Kane. You just don't know right now. But hey, it's working for right now, so why mess with a good thing? Second question also comes from Steve. Also, in light of Maryland and Rutgers being perennial bottom dwellers and Nebraska not yet being better than mediocre, was Big Ten expansion a mistake? Two answers to this. First, as a fan and as a casual viewer of football, yes, you can say the product that has come about as expansion for the Big Ten is concerned. It's not been good. And I threw out this stat over the week over the weekend uh, while Ohio State was taking care of Nebraska. The Big Ten's last three expansion additions, Nebraska, Maryland, and Rutgers, were outscored this weekend 159 to 7. 159 to 7. Uh, Nebraska was the only team to score a touchdown. Rutgers, of course, got steamrolled by Michigan. And of course, we know that Penn State took care of business against Maryland. So there are there are easy ways to criticize the Big Ten expansion for the football product. Um, only Nebraska, I feel like, has uh, a pretty decent upside potential on the football field in the years to come. Maryland could potentially uh, be a, a, a good program, but it is it is tough to defend it when you see results like that on the field. Now, it's not like that every weekend. This was just a good weekend to point out the, the shortcomings of what has happened in Big Ten expansion. Because when you look at what the SEC did, you know, Texas A&M, they're a top 25 caliber program, generally speaking. Uh, Missouri's kind of up and down. Um, Pac-12 added Colorado and Utah. Utah is uh, off to a pretty good start, even though they have a loss. But a lot of people consider Utah as a, a potential Pac-12 championship caliber program right now. So the Big Ten, we all know what it was all about. And I've always said this, the bottom line is always going to come down to the bottom line. And when you're talking about that, you're talking about money. And of course, the markets that the Big Ten added by reaching out to Rutgers in Maryland are certainly you know well-documented. Getting into that New York market, you look at the revenue shares that the Big Ten has. Yes, it was worth it if your only concern is money. And let's be honest, Everything's going to be a concern about money. So I think in the grand scheme of things, there's still a lot of benefits to what was added through the expansion of Rutgers in Maryland. But it is difficult to defend when you see the caliber of play uh, on the field and the disparity that continues to be there between some of these big tech programs and some of their new additions. This was a good weekend to point out that criticism and that shortfalling. But yeah, I... I'm still okay with it because I think it was probably going to happen at some point. Would I have preferred the Big Ten to add a couple other teams instead of Rutgers or instead of Maryland? Probably. Yeah, I'm actually okay with the Maryland edition. Rutgers was a reach to me. It still continues to be. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to my first episode as the host of the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast. We're going to be doing this every Monday through Friday. We're going to try and have these podcasts up for you first thing in the morning. I may upload them the night before, so they should be available for you in the morning commute. If for whatever reason I can't get one up for you in the morning, I will make every effort to get it up for you for the afternoon or the early evening so you have something to listen to on your way home from work. 
make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Apple iTunes, on Google, on Stitcher, on all your favorite podcast platforms. If there's one that you, is not available on, let me know and we'll see if we can get that hooked up as well. You guys can support the show by subscribing, rating, reviewing. Your feedback does help the podcast grow and improve and it will help us with the placement on some of these podcast platforms to try and help build this community up remember you can follow along on twitter at locked on nittany you can follow me on twitter at kevin on cfb and we'll be back tomorrow you know in tomorrow's episode we'll take a little bit more of a look at penn state's next opponent the purdue boilermakers a game i thought could potentially be an interesting matchup but i'm not really so sure i feel that way anymore so we'll take a look at purdue what their season has been up to this point and what to expect out of them going into that next game against Penn State. So that'll be the big focus for tomorrow's episode as we get ready for the rest of the week. We'll take a look at the updated rankings because I did record this episode before the rankings were updated. Uh, So we'll take a look through there and we'll take a look at some of your other questions. So if you have more questions, we'll do another mailbag feature tomorrow as well. So a lot to look forward to on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you tomorrow.